It's time for Love Talk with the Lovelies, Kathy, Carrie, and Marley. And welcome to Love Talk, friends. Thank you, Gavin, for making us sound so fantastic every Saturday morning. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood, gorgeous in Austin and in Texas. Thank you all for joining us here on Love Talk. We're thrilled to be with you on the Bridge Austin Central Texas Christian Talk, where we are building bridges of love and leadership. Well, friends, I am Kathy Enderbrock, and I'm in the studio with my two beautiful co-hosts, Carrie Brinkader, who we call Coach Carrie, and the beautiful, marvelous Marlene McMichael. (laughs) Ladies, how are you doing this morning? Splendid. (laughs) No, it's really good. Everything's good. Just Forensic busy. Marlene, you always take on so much. It amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I would. I think I would start shaking if I looked at your schedule. Well, my daughter keeps trying to tell me I need to learn how to say no. She goes <laughs> no, <laughs> no, mom. But, but I really, I do pray about what I take on, and I'm, I'm just got several projects that are going, and um, I believe I'm supposed to do them. So. We're pushing on. So God will make a way, and That's I love right. it. I just, I, you know, we're going to be talking uh, today about just embracing victory over victimhood. And, you know, sometimes we feel like we're a victim of our own yeses. And whenever <laughs> we uh, give something a yes, we want to make sure we prayerfully give it a yes and then look and see what God really delivers into our hands through that. And I love, Marlene, that... that so many yeses that you give are for other people and, um, you know, where there is literally no gain for yourself. And you just look at bringing glory to God in all that you do. And I, and I mean, I, I say that from firsthand benefactor is that or from a benefitter, I, benefactor, a benefitor. I don't know. That's beneficiary. Don't know. Beneficiary. beneficiary yes, yeah. That you are decorating the ceremony for my daughter's wedding on August 18th. And you just so graciously stepped into that. And I think for one of our past guests, you are helping edit his book and you're stepping in and doing something for Governor Abbott, a, you know, a, an organization that he asked you to step into and lead. And it's just amazing everything that you do. Coach Kerry, you and I are kind of like, I, I think we lead, lead small lives in comparison to Marlene. We're just Not so. Don't <laughs> believe a word of we're, that. We're running on her coattails. That is for <laughs> no, sure. No, no, that's that not true. That is for sure. Well, it's great to be with you ladies this morning. I'm excited about our topic today. And Kathy, I know um, you are running around for the next two weeks getting ready for the eldest daughter's wedding. And I have to tell you, Kathy, um, so we had a little shower, not a little shower. There was a, a wedding shower, a couple's shower for Aaliyah and her fiance, Jacob, and it was precious. Everything you could want for your daughter in, it, I, I just think it's coming to fruition. She has a beautiful, um, thoughtful uh, fiance, um, great in-laws, great mm-hmm. friends. Their relationship is rooted in Jesus. And, man, you can tell they are over the moon for each other. <laughs> it is so sweet to watch. Yeah. Um, the interaction between those two. So I know that you're so excited and you have two weeks. Uh, yeah, two weeks. I we're It's going to be a mad dash to the finish line. But, you know, I got really great advice from a girlfriend. She said, you know, there's going to be so many things 
that don't go the way you had planned for them to go. There's going to be so many kind of um, setbacks along the way and challenges that you hadn't expected, but don't let any of them get under your skin. Don't let any of them get you upset. Just enjoy every moment of the planning process. Enjoy every moment of the day. And that has just been the best advice because I think that when we are kind of planning something that is so special and and planning a celebration that you want to be um, just so wonderful for your daughter um, and you kind of get these little, you know, bumps in the road, it's easy to kind of get upset. And so it's just been wonderful that it's it's like, okay, well, that's going to make a good story. Yeah. Or that's going to work out. (laughs) Yeah. And it'd be just fine. Well, and God Mm -hmm. gave me this. I was sitting just fretting about, oh, gosh, three weeks ago, sitting on the couch one evening and thinking, Lord, I'm, I, you know, there's just so much to do and, and all of these things aren't coming together. And um, and he just said, okay. He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and like all means all and lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And I mean, that scripture just kind of came out of nowhere and just pierced my heart and pierced my mind. And I thought, oh, my goodness, that's exactly right. Mm -hmm. Like God loves my daughter even more than I do. And he is just so delighted in this marriage Mm -hmm. and these two young people that he brought together. And he wants to give them a beautiful wedding even more than I do. And it's going to be special for them. And so I'm just going to trust him that how things work out. Well, that was, that was how he wanted it to work Mm -hmm. out. And it's going to be the best way if it all gets organized his way. And so that just, it has really helped me. And so I have just held closely to that word that he has given me. And if I ever start to think, oh, my goodness, this isn't happening, I go, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So I just right. love that, friends, how God just steps in and he, he just really speaks to us, right, where we need to um, be spoken to with his word that just gives life and takes away fear and it takes away um, those things that we don't want to abide in. So and we get to abide in his goodness. Well, and the other thing is that you do not have a Godzilla bride. Oh, no. She, she <laughs> is so laid sweet. back and, and, you know, she wants a. she just says, I just want it simple. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so I think you're blessed that way. So don't take on her angst. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, she doesn't sweet. have any. <laughs> She's sweet. She's sweet. Well, today, friends, said the title of our, our program is Embracing Victory Over Victimhood, Lessons from Gideon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Kathy, it's interesting. I think this is a, a timely program. I think at some point in all of our lives, we have maybe embraced a victim mentality, even if it was just for a day, right? Yeah. Um, But we probably also know someone who's continuing to embrace a victim mentality, maybe because they have had a horrible situation happen to them. Maybe they haven't, um, but they're living in it, Mm -hmm. Um, this constant state of victimhood. And so I'm excited to talk about this program today, our key verse. Um, Well, I'm excited to talk about this program today because... The Bible calls us to be overcomers, victorious, and conquerors. Yes. But, well, and, you know, this this program for me, with one daughter getting married and my youngest going off to college, it means, you know, 
the and the college that my youngest daughter is going to is a liberal school. Mm-hmm. And so I'm become very kind of culturally aware and what is going on on these liberal campuses and what are they teaching and trying to do everything I can to kind of prepare her and have those those dinner table conversations around what she's going to experience. And now she's going into this college and she's going to lead a weekly Bible study and she's joining InterVarsity and just getting involved in their leadership and doing some leadership retreats. But I think because she has gone to a classical Christian school her whole life, there's a lot of things that she's not aware of, Mm -hmm. you know, not really truly aware of. And so trying to equip her for what she's going to be stepping into. And, and there is this, kind of increasing support for a victim mindset within our society. And I think it can really trap a lot of people into some really bad places. And it's like you said, Carrie, it's not biblical. God has called us not to to be victims and embrace a victim mentality, but in the difficulties and in the challenges and in those places where we are innocent and do have horrible things happen to us he has called us more than victors Mm -hmm. that we are to be overcoming and conquerors over these things and so i just i want to kind of take a look at some of the things that that we've been learning as we've been having dinner table discussions and some of the examples that god gives us in his word about individuals who went through horrible horrible uh, experiences and times and yet came out not only uh, delivering, not not only did he deliver them, but then he used them to deliver his people. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I want to talk about the definition of victim mentality for a minute because <clears throat> there are true victims sure. and they, they do have trauma, which yes. they have to overcome. Mm-hmm. And I believe the the true path to that is through Jesus. But there are also people and and even way back in the 70s <laughs> colleges way back Marlene. way back <laughs> way back because that was a long time ago but way back then in college the whole atmosphere was to shake off the old and put on our new way mm-hmm. and so i think victim mentality includes this thing that says i have rights and you're stepping on them mm-hmm. and and it, it it's not the humble attitude that Jesus in the Bible calls us to, mm-hmm. but it's an attitude that says, you know, I'm I'm sh- I'm uh, making hand motions that y'all can't see, <laughs> but, but but it's an attitude that says I'm better than the way I'm being treated, therefore I'm a victim, and you and. You don't have a right to do that. Mm -hmm. And that may not be true at all. Mm -hmm. It's just a mindset that drives us into being discontent, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good word. You know, last night we were sitting out having having dinner with my daughter on the back porch and we were just discussing kind of culture and I don't know. We get in deep discussions with her a lot. And she said, right now, it seems as if a lot of people are searching for a label. You know, like to make an excuse for their behavior or to have maybe a reason. She goes, why why don't I don't understand this obsession with having to have a label? You know, oh, I'm hyperactive. 
you know, I've taken a test online, <laughs> right? Or, uh, you know, what, whatever it may be. She just said it just seems like that's just another reason to stay put, to stay where you are, and to not achieve what all what God has for you. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, wow. I agree. A hundred percent. I mean, and I think our our technology-driven society has really taken away from our strength of person, you know, our identity and the foundation of, you know, who we are. Um, one of the Psalms that I read often, it, it, it said the verse, and I'm not going to quote it exactly, but it says that, that you have given me a heritage of faith, you know, so my my identity is in my heritage, but but we don't focus on heritage anymore, and so we have no real identity, mm-hmm. and so I think that, that that's that's a loss, and people are people are grappling to find out who they are. Well, that's a, a really good way to put it. I I didn't verbalize it as well as you did, but. They're looking for an identity. That's mm-hmm. it. That's exactly right. And the way that Kathy has put this program today, it, it really is about who are you, who, who are you searching for? What are you searching for to put for your identity? Some people are looking for this label so they can finally have an identity. Whenever Scripture tells us our identity is already rooted in Christ, and yes, you may have something that. That that is a struggle for you. That that you're you may need counseling. You may need medication. You may need you may need mm-hmm. extra help, right? But the label that we should all want is the one of daughter or son of the king. Mm-hmm. And so, really good point there, Marlene, about the identity piece. It's very very true. Well, Kathy, we're looking at at Gideon today. You want to read our key verse before we get a break? Our keepers come straight out of Romans 8:37, and it says this: Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And that is what I love about this: is despite everything else, and you know, God did not promise us an easy life, but what He did promise us is that despite all of it, overwhelming victory is ours. Through Jesus Christ, not through our own efforts, not through being left on our own and struggling through it, but through Christ, that he is there, he is able, he is with us. And we're going to get into Gideon and look at how God completely turned the life of this traumatized victim around to an overcoming, victorious conqueror. Friends, you're going to want to stay with us. We're going to get a word from our sponsors, and we will be right back with you for Love Talk. Stay with us. George Christensen and his family at Casa Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk. These CASA friends are professionals with more than 40 years' experience in providing heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical services in the Austin area. If your heating isn't heating, your cooling isn't cooling, or your drains aren't draining, well, then you need to call our friends at CASA at 334-7300. They provide sales and service on all major brands from professionals you can trust. 
So, big jobs or little jobs, it doesn't matter. Call CASA at 334-7300. Are you looking for a new church home? Or maybe you're new to the area? Either way, we here at First Baptist Church Pflugerville would love to welcome you to visit with us this Sunday at 11 a.m. for our worship service. We have a myriad of different grow groups at 9.30 a.m. And if you need more information, just click the big orange New Here button on our website, fbcpville.org. We hope to connect with you in the near future, and we hope that when you do visit with us, you'll feel like family here. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow, these guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca, and they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith. 512-848-0659 or 512-2580. Or www.timsmithlandscaping.com. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Love Talk. You are here with the Love Ladies right here in studio. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkader with Kathy Enderbrock and Marlene McMichael. Um, just having a great discussion today about embracing victory over victimhood. You know, ladies, a lot of times we interview guests, um, I and I love that. I love getting to know um, and expand our community. I also love being in the studio with the two of you where we just have conversation um, about the things that have been on our hearts. And, Kathy, you said this just kind of smacked you in the face a few weeks ago, and um you got to really thinking about victory over victimhood. So let's identify victimhood as we get going. You know, the, one of the things about victimhood is it, it becomes this identity. And, and so I'm just going to read this. It says, victimhood, it tends to recognize or consider oneself a victim or the innocent target of the negative actions of others and to behave as if this is ongoing even in the face of contrary evidence of such circumstances. Individuals with a victimhood identity develop a belief system around the view of the world as unfair or against me personally, and that others are to blame for my misfortune. And so, you know, when we've been discussing culture with my girls, and especially my youngest, preparing her to go into college at this, you know, fairly liberal university, Um, We've just been discussing what other kids kind of believe and and what the public school system has been teaching them and, you know, just the prevalent themes. And so we kept coming back to this victimhood mentality. And it's so interesting because if you go and look up in um, psychology journals, um, there's actually this thing called victim mentality. And they have signs of victim mentality, victim mentality behaviors, victim mentality attitudes. And I thought, well, that's that's so interesting. So what does the Bible say about being a victim? And one of the things that I love throughout the Old and New Testament is God shows us these individuals who went through some really significant trauma. And yet he God did not say, oh, yeah, that's that's going to be you for the rest of your life. No, God said, I'm with you. You're going to take the strength that you have. You're going to take my strength. I will be your strength. He even says, like, in my weakness, I am strong. We see that in the New Testament. 
and God says, we're going to um, deliver you out of this. You are not going to stay a victim, but you are going to be an overwhelming Uh, You're going to have overwhelming victory over this. And not only will it change your life, but I'm going to use your life to change the lives of others. And so, you know, I I could have pulled from multiple different people within the Old Testament. I mean, there's Esther, there's Jonah, there's as Marlene was, I was talking with her last night and she brought up King David and um, some of the real, just the huge persecution that he went uh, through under King Saul. But I've really landed on Gideon because I just, um, I love these really neat instances where we get to see God meet Gideon right where he is, which is fearful and hiding and pull him out of that circumstance. And so, friends, I just, I want to I talk to you. If, if you feel as though maybe this is where you are, that you've kind of fallen into this victimhood that you've taken on that identity or you have an an attitude that tends to focus on the negative or maybe it leads to self-sabotage or giving up before really trying or if if maybe you you see yourself making these excuses for ongoing poor behavior or an unwillingness to change your circumstances you know maybe you think oh no this is just the world the way the world is my situation is hopeless there's nothing I can do that will work. I want to tell you that this program is for you. And um, parents and grandparents, I want you to understand this as well and, and to help maybe recognize this in some of your kiddos and share with them what the Bible says. Because we get fed to us all the time what the world says, but let's just feed each other and share with each other what the Bible says and what God teaches us and what the the solid ground that he puts underneath our feet and and so um Marlene there's this great passage in of Gideon in Judges chapter 6 and friends you can go there in your bible starting in chapter 6 of the book of Judges and um that's just a few books in to your old testament i think it's like seven books into your old testament and when this this when this chapter opens um, in chapter six, Israel has been oppressed by the Midianites for several years. Um, but we're going to see, we're going to meet um, Gideon and um, see what God does with him. Marlene, can you open us just to understand where um, where we start to encounter Gideon as we open Judges chapter six? Sure can. I'm going to read this, um, but then we'll kind of talk about Gideon's story. But the verse says, Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites and the Amalekites and other eastern peoples invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It's impossible to count them or their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. And so this is where Gideon lands. And when God calls Gideon, he's basically thrashing wheat in a wine barrel so that the Midianites can't tell that they've got any wheat. Mm -hmm. And so he's in hiding. 
He's afraid. And then God, through the angels, speak to him. Mm-hmm. And I, I love this. I love this setup because, you know, when when we when God is about to encounter um, Gideon, we know we're going to see in a moment that that Gideon, like Marlene said, is hiding. And uh, but I want to I want to focus here on saying that, you know, oppression is very real, but Mm-hmm. Oppression is not a new phenomenon, right? Oppression right. is not anything that has just happened um, in modern times. We see that, um, you know, since the, the dawn of time, um, there has been warfare. Man has oppressed other men. Culture groups have suffered under other cultural groups. And But what we're going to see in Gideon is that oppression is not the end of the story. It's it's not where we are meant to to stay and remain. We are not meant to give up and give in to that darkness. And um, and one of my favorite things about this is that God uses oppression to turn the hearts of his people back to himself. Mm. And so wherever we are, if if we have experienced trauma, if we have experience some some very severe market hardship god wants to use that to turn our hearts to him for him to come alongside us for him to deliver us from that for him to walk through it and for him to use all of those horrible things somehow miraculously for our good and the good of others and i mean i think there's some horrific things that have happened that you go lord there is no way that you can use this for good Mm -hmm. well turn to him put it in his hands and see that's right. You know, um, over the last couple of weeks, I've had the opportunity to have some really good conversations with some former players. And this player said to me, oh, man, this, this brought tears to my eyes. She was just telling me what she's doing now and how she's doing. And this was a young lady who had severed ties with her mother when she was a teenager. She moved out of her house. Her parents were divorced. Um, she just she did not complete traditional high school. Um, in, anyhow, very long story short, she said, Coach, I remember you took me to breakfast and you set me down and you said at some point, and you just said it real plainly, you have to stop being a victim. And I was taken aback because I, I, I normally try to be very um, honest but not brutal. <laughs> but apparently I said that straight to her is at some point. You have to decide to stop being a victim because she was so angry, 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 and um, just really kind of stuck and continued to make excuses. Like you said, Kathy, if you read victim mentality, you know, continue to make excuses for just um, poor behavior. And in, anyway, long story short, she's, she's doing great. She's amended. She's made amends with her mom. She's um, finished high school. She's, I mean, she's just, she's doing really, really well. And she stepped back into her relationship with Christ. And that has become her footing, her stronghold, right? And whereas before she had rejected Christ and said, that's not for me. So that that's a real world example of someone who came back to the Lord and said, okay, Lord, you've got to control my life. You have to take control. And what are the next steps you would have for me? Well, and even our um, 
guest, one of our guests last week, Sophia, mm-hmm. was a ter- ex- extreme victim, a yes. victim mm-hmm. of human trafficking uh, through her mother. Mm-hmm. And yet she has risen out of that. She's an entrepreneur, a guest speaker in many, many places, an author. And you can just keep going down the Not list because her resume yeah. is quite long. But you have to move past it. And I always go back to the quote from Corey Ten Boom, who was put in the German uh, concentration camps. And her, her most famous quote, at least to me, is, there is no pit so deep that God is not deeper still. Mm-hmm. So it, you're absolutely right. The story of, of Gideon was was driven by the fact that Israel had turned away from the Lord, and he is using this oppression and now his vessel, Gideon, to bring them back to God. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's the, uh, I think I gave away the punchline there. But, but, <laughs> no, <yeah. laughs> well, but that's that's the story of Gideon with a lot of twists and turns in let's the, see in how the he process. Gets there. Yeah, yeah, well, and so I love that God gets him there by these little baby steps. Yes. Because, you know, I think that we do see God sometimes working just miraculously where it almost feels like, oh, my gosh, somebody just flipped a switch. But generally, mm-hmm. I find that, that is, that's not how God has worked with me. I mean, there's been one area in particular of some consequences that I experienced because of my own ignorance and then willfulness, um, where once I realized, oh, my gosh, this is horribly wrong and I can't get myself out of this, like God almost did flip a switch and, and just kind of rescued me right out of it. But most of the time I find it is kind of a slowly step by step. And so so I love this. When God approaches Gideon, Gideon is hiding out in a wine vat processing wheat. And so like the rest of Gideon's people of Israel, Gideon had been victimized by the Midianites for most of his young life. And and Gideon, we'll find out, is the youngest in his family. And so even though Gideon was afraid and hiding, God calls him a mighty warrior and tells Gideon to stop being afraid and to step out in the strength that he has. And I'm thinking Gideon probably is like, I don't really have any strength. strength. (laughs) And so after God tells Gideon to step out in the strength that he has, then God takes him one step further and calls Gideon to be a deliverer for not only himself, but for the entire nation of Israel. And so I I love this, that God is aware of the trauma that we have experienced Mm -hmm. in life. God's heart breaks for that trauma, but God's heart breaks even more when we sit in that trauma and we sit in that dark pit and we make every excuse why we cannot get out and we just stay there. God's heart for us is to get us out of that into a bigger life, into experiencing true joy and happiness and, and for him to fulfill every plan that he has for us. And so we see Gideon replying to God, God, how can I save Israel? My family is the weakest in the region and I am the youngest in my father's house. And the Lord replies to Gideon saying, yes, Gideon, but I will be with you. And so at at this small point, we see a slight pivot in Gideon's heart when God says, I will be with you. We see Gideon transition away from a real hopelessness and excuses into a place of kind of a tentative hope. You might even say like a mustard seed of hope. And Oh, I think he's super cautious. Yeah. You know, if you think about a real, like people in your own life, when they've been traumatized, when they have been oppressed, 
they are cautious, mm-hmm. scarred, mm-hmm. like, eh, really? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Two things that I really noticed in these verses, okay, that that our Heavenly Father does for us. And, and Marlene, you mentioned Sophia, and last week when she was talking, she was saying that one of the things that she couldn't get past for a long time was that, and that just almost hurt her even more, is that people would say, oh, you just need to get to know the Heavenly Father. He's He's a great dad, and, you know, he's... And she had zero reference for father. Um, Her father had been horrible to her and had tragically passed away, but he was not a a good dad. And so this reference of father to her, I mean, she put her defenses up as Mm -hmm. soon as anyone started talking about God the father. Um. But I and so maybe I think Gideon probably was like, wait a minute, okay, hold on, you know, I I I'm sure his defenses were up, but these two things that God does are just amazing. He compliments Gideon straight away. He tells him who he is. Mm-hmm. He says, "You're a mighty warrior, Gideon. You're not made to be to be hiding out in a wine vat processing wheat. You are a mighty warrior. Let me remind you who I made you to be, buddy, because Gideon had probably never known this. Yeah." And a lot of times I think when we're, when we're dealing with victimhood mentality, we just want to say, come on, come on, like what, uh, you have a great life, what are you doing, you know, instead of reminding a person who they are called to be through scripture and God reminds them straight away and then he tells them, hey, 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 I know, you, I, remember you're a mighty warrior, but secondly, I'm going to be with you, man, I'm right here, I'm right beside mm-hmm. you. Well, and God even affirms that in a couple of ways. I mean, because Gideon kept asking him to show himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, he puts this fleece on the ground and he says, if this is really you, God, make it, make the fleece be full of dew, but the ground dry by morning. God does it. And he says, okay, let's do it one more time. Let's, <laughs> let's put the sure. fleece. I'm still scarred. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's again. put the fleece on the ground and make the ground dry. No, reverse make the it. Make wet. the ground wet and the fleece dry. And God did it. Mm-hmm. And then there was another one in there. But but each time God responded because Gideon took one more strength mm-hmm. from each of his affirmations. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, speaking of affirmations, I think that, and I've seen this recently because I've been practicing it. You know, a total stranger, <laughs> you know, in a store that's that's helping you or whatever, just look them square in the eye or in the, or even in the grocery store and say, you are so beautiful. Mm-hmm. You, just their face just mm-hmm. goes from nondescript to light bulbs. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, in our culture, I don't think we're told enough how special we are. Absolutely. And, um, you know, some parents forget that they have busy lives. I get mm-hmm. it. And so they forget that um, people need to be affirmed. Mm-hmm. And so that's just God affirmed Gideon, mm-hmm. and Gideon was finally ready. Mm-hmm. Well, and he was wrestling with it. Mm-hmm. Like was. you said, Kathy, you know, most of the time it's a step by step by step, and it may take years mm-hmm. to completely step into the fullness of our lives in Jesus, right? It, and, there, and that's not to say there won't be setbacks. Mm-hmm. Right, um, that you may fall back into that mentality, um, 
at, at times. Mm-hmm. And the Lord says, I, I'm right here. Okay, I'm ready for you to continue to step forward. You know, I love that when you say that there might be times when you step into that mentality. Because, you know, when we um, have had guests on the program, we've talked about triggers, right? Sure. You know, that things trigger. And so I think that the term trigger is so misused again it's become an excuse like if you say anything to trigger me it is your fault Mm -hmm. and I have a right to act however I want no matter how bad that behavior is how inappropriate that behavior is but I think truly what a trigger is it is an access point that something has to a previous memory Mm. and God has so fearfully and wonderfully made us that smells or colors or phrases or words can access memories so profoundly but then we get to choose what we do with those memories and the emotions attached to those memories and so if we are saying oh, something that I have experienced or seen or something that you have said has accessed a memory that makes me uncomfortable, well, then you need to go work with the Lord on that memory that it is accessing, on that emotion that it is accessing. Because if you become emotionally unhinged by what what happens around you, there's work to be done in your heart. And and I think God wants us to be whole people, humble people, people that will step in and better the situation, not people that step in and worsen the situation. Well, and I think as a person that is trying to overcome victimhood, if you're around people who are triggering you on purpose, you have to remove yourself from that situation. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Because they know your triggers. They know yeah. it's it's an addict mentality, too. Right. Oh, hey, let's go out and party. Let's go to the bars and the clubs, knowing that you can't have alcohol. Right. Yeah. Or, or whatever it is. They're intentionally putting you and th- those are not your people. Mm-hmm. Right. If it's a person who unintentionally um, said something or did something to trigger a memory, mm-hmm. then. A conversation happens, mm-hmm. right? Like, hey, you know, wow, this is really hard for me. I'm going to seek help mm-hmm. um, to deal with that trigger because that, that is something apparently that I'm still dealing with, mm-hmm. <laughs> apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I think that's valid. I think that's really, really valid because we have memories for a reason. Um, and maybe they're just to remind us of how far we've come. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Yeah. Right. Well, and speaking of how far you've come, and I, I really do want to get back to the story of Gideon, but someone who is truly an overcomer in the Bible would have to be Joseph. Mm-hmm. You know, his brothers threw him in a well and then sold him into basically slavery. Mm-hmm. He gets to Egypt. He gets, you know, some notoriety, and then he gets thrown into prison. And then he saves the country. He has to overcome temptations first. Yes, he does. (laughs) But but he did. Yeah, absolutely. And and so he saves the country with his planning Mm -hmm. from a horrific drought, which even affected his family way back in the other country. So they come asking for help. They don't realize that's Joseph. And Joseph's reaction is to cry boatloads of tears and and rather than cause them to pay for what they had done to him, he blesses them. Yeah. So that's a true process. He the cried process. those tears 
and he suffered in those places, but he overcame them yes. with mm-hmm. a, that mindset. And the story of Gideon is that Gideon does go to war. Oh, yeah. Well, and I love when, you know, before Gideon steps into this place where he's actually going to go and fight the Midianites, we see that he he comes to this place where he realizes, okay, I think I've gotten favor in God's eyes. And Gideon actually says to the Lord in verse 17, if now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. And so I love that Gideon goes off and serves the Lord in a small way by privately preparing a meal for him. And the Lord graciously accepts that meal. And it's it's super cool because the first when we see Gideon actually believing, okay, I have favor. Okay, you are talking with me. His response is not to ask for something. His response is to serve, to wow. do something small for the Lord. Yeah. And I just think that is super, super cool, is mm-hmm. that when the Lord comes to our rescue, is our first response just to be demanding and um, to, to mm-hmm. ask and to ask? Or do we go, oh, my goodness, I, let me serve you. Let me do something for you, no matter how small. And mm-hmm. so I think that, one, we need to acknowledge that God shows favor to us. Like that was a, a turning point for Gideon when he was he said, oh, my goodness, you're showing me favor. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think that is a big stepping point. Now, friends, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we're going to see a first request that God then makes of Gideon, a request before Gideon ever steps into war, but where Gideon is going to stand up uh, within his family, within his community, and do something that the Lord asks him to do. Friends, we're going to have a finish finish up and wrap up this conversation about going, uh, choosing victory over victimhood and how the Lord steps in and just wants to work amazing miracles within our lives. We're going to hear from our sponsors who keep Love Talk on the air. We will be right back with you after you hear from them. Stay with us. Don't wait. Score the best deal on the home of your dreams at the three-time awarded Community of the Year Santa Rita Ranch. With top-rated amenities and school districts, our 20 available move-in ready homes priced from the 200s won't last long. See for yourself why 2,000-plus neighbors love life at the ranch. For more information, visit us at SantaRitaRanch.com. SantaRitaRanch.com. Are you recovering from an injury, need to regain your health, or simply want to improve your golf swing? HeartFlex can help. HeartFlex is an innovative exercise tool for all fitness levels. Made in the USA, HeartFlex has helped countless Texans improve their fitness by increasing strength, boosting circulation, maximizing flexibility and endurance, and speeding recovery from surgery. It's small, portable, and lightweight. HeartFlex can be used standing, sitting, or lying down. No springs or rubber bands to snap back and cause injury. 
at less than $40. Shipping is free and has a 30-day money-back guarantee. Nothing can stop you from improving your health today. You can learn more and to order yours, visit HeartFlexUSA.com. That's HeartFlexUSA.com. Hi, friends. This is Kathy Enderbrock with Let's Pray Today Ministries. Are you struggling in your marriage with anxiety and depression? Have rebellious kids or, or just want to pray for your children? Maybe you simply don't know where to start in prayer. We specialize in creating the tools to help you learn how to pray and pray effectively in a variety of life issues. Get your free MP3 download today on the topic of your choice. Go to www.letspraytoday.com and click on shop for your free audio prayer download. Become a friend on Facebook and let us know what prayer topic you Hello, friends. Welcome back to Love Talk here with the Love Ladies. Golly, we have had such a fantastic conversation today uh, surrounding embracing victory over victimhood. Um, I think at some point in our lives, friends, we've all probably had something that has caused us to feel sorry for ourselves, to um, put us in a bit of a victim mentality and we're talking about Gideon today and how he walked in that for a little while. He did, and he had cause. He had been oppressed horrifically. Um, and, you know, Kathy said earlier, there are real situations in real life that we know are horrific that happen to us. Um, but the Lord has better plans for us. He has such better plans for us. And embracing victory over victimhood we left talking about Gideon and how he acknowledged that God was showing him favor, Kathy. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, okay, I think God's showing me favor right now. <laughs> so let me run around and see what I can do. And um, God then makes his first request of Gideon. That's true. And, you know, so <clears throat> so God showed Gideon favor, and I think that was kind of a, a big deal for Gideon to actually acknowledge, you know, and we think, does God really show favor to mere humans? Does he really care about us personally that much? And and one of the things that um, I, I heard preached in a sermon a few weeks back, uh, the gentleman said, how many times does God need to promise something before we can truly know that he means it? How many times does God have to promise something? One time. One time. Only one time. When God promises something even once, he will keep that promise. And there's this um, scripture in Psalm 5, verse 12, where God's word proclaims, Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. And I think this is amazing that God not only extends his favor to us, but he will surround us with his favor as with a shield. And so we need to acknowledge that God shows us favor. Gideon finally got to a place where he acknowledged God is showing me favor. And Gideon then goes out and does something for the Lord. Um, And then God makes his first request of Gideon. Mm -hmm. God requests that Gideon do something not in private, which Gideon had previously done for God, but something very public. He's and moving him on up the ladder. He is moving him up the ladder. <laughs> baby steps, baby steps. Baby steps. And so I love this because Gideon could have even walked away at that point. 
um, that God was asking Gideon to step out of this private situation mm-hmm. and to step out publicly. But Gideon was convinced that God's favor was with him. And so even though he knew that his family and his community would not be happy about it, he chose to do what the Lord was asking him to do, that small next thing that the Lord was asking him to do. And friends, God does not want us to keep our relationship with him private. I wonder if how many of us get stuck at this step. Yes. Right. A lot, I would say. Well, I'm assuming you're referring here to his tearing down the the altar. Yes. other God, and the false God. And friends, I would say go to, to Judges chapter 6 and read yeah, this because yeah. it is the whole just story. an amazing account of this mm-hmm. man's life that is shared. But that's exactly right, Marlene. God said, hey, there is this altar to Baal that people are, are worshiping this other God. I want you to go and tear it down. And there's an Asherah pole. I want you to go and chop it down. And I want you to build me an altar on this high rock. So in this very... A public place that everyone's going to be able to see. I want you to construct an altar. And God specifically says a well-constructed altar. Not just something that I'm throwing together, but a well-constructed altar. And so in order to achieve this, Gideon actually had to go and get some men and get these men to, and I believe that they were workers in his father's household. And they went and uh, did this that God was asking him to do. My point in bringing that one up is that that wasn't a small thing. It's a big thing. That was yeah. huge because mm-hmm. it was declaring to his his nation and his city that he serves God yes. against what was predominantly there. And so, because um, Israel at this point wasn't worshiping God. Yeah. They had, had traded God for foreign and pagan gods. So this was huge. I mean, to go and let the people around you know that you are serving God and not what is predominantly in the culture, that's a big step. That's a big step. And that's why you're having these conversations with uh, your girls Mm -hmm. as they head off to college. And and I'm having with my kids, like, where are your feet planted? Where are you rooted? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's a big it's a big deal for Gideon. Well, and I love this, that after Gideon does this, then the next thing that, uh, and, and I mean, you can read the account. The community is in an uproar. The community wants to kill him, right? Uh, but they do not kill him. God protects him. You can read all about it in Judges chapter 6. And finally, God takes Gideon to the final step, which is defeating the enemy and delivering Israel. And Gideon gathers together 32,000 men, and God says, oh, yeah, no, that's, that's way too much. And in a series of kind of calling down the group, God gives Gideon 300 men, 300 <laughs> men, to defeat an, an enormous enemy, as Marlene read when we came in on, in the, on our second, uh, uh, second uh, segment. segment that the enemy is described as locusts just covering everything, that you couldn't even count their camels. And God gives Gideon 300 men. And so, and and they go and completely rout the enemy, completely destroy the enemy, completely deliver the nation of Israel with these 300 men. And I love this because 
this shows us that God did not create us to be ruled by the enemy. And that while we may experience some oppression, while we may experience some trauma in our past, we are not meant to abide in that trauma. We are not meant to abide in that victimhood or in that oppression. We are meant to abide as courageous overcomers and victors in Jesus Christ. And so, friends, I want to ask you, will you refuse to continue tossing and turning in that negative, self-sabotaging, emotional state? Will we refuse to accept our old excuses that there is nothing we can do because God is here and God is willing and God has something better for us? And so I just want us to be willing to step out in the little strength that we have knowing that God's strength is all that we need and that his desire is to not only change our life and transform us, but to use our life to help and transform the lives of those around us. Amen. Uh, wow. Um, you know, during break, we have good conversations. Yeah. And we, we were talking about remaining humble. Yeah. Um, and in the second segment, we also used the word triggers. And, Kathy, you kind of you said something triggers are sometimes used as an excuse to remain in poor behavior, right? Or yeah. this mentality. I, I know the word trigger kind of has a, a negative connotation, but I was saying that I, I think sometimes when we are triggered, when something happens and those old memories, those old, I don't know, traumas mm-hmm. come up, that it's a way for us to turn our face to the Lord and say, thank you, Lord, that I'm not there anymore. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So instead of a trigger being a negative thing, it can help us turn our face to the Lord and go, I am so thankful and grateful that I am not in that pit anymore, Father. You have walked beside me every step of the way. It's been you. I'm so grateful. Because when we don't remain humble, we Mm -hmm. fall. Mm-hmm. I mean, we fall. We go right back into either the victim mentality or our our negative ways. I think we go back even to make that real, go back to the, the fact that God only allowed Gideon to take 300 men. Yeah. Well, the reason for that was with 30-some-odd thousand, God said, you'll take credit. Yeah. God yeah. wants to be supreme. And and. The, and that's not a selfishness on his part. It's the fact that he is supreme. He orchestrated the whole thing in the first place. He is the one who turns the hearts of men. He's the one that causes the victory. He's the one who protected Gideon and didn't kill him in the middle of the fight. Mm-hmm. You know, at that point, Gideon, I don't think a thousand arrows would have killed him because mm-hmm. God had a purpose for him. And because of their victory, the whole nation turned their hearts back to God for a time. For a time. And I love that we have this word humility because that is so important because we do see towards the end of uh, the, the, this chapter of the story of Gideon that Gideon did t- turn a bit towards pride. And we get to see the impact that that had on him and those around him. Friends, I just encourage you, judges, open up at chapter 6 and just enjoy this amazing historical account of this incredible man of God and how God worked in his life to bring him to a place of victory over his victimhood. Well, friends, that we are at the end of our first, of our <laughs> of our program today. I don't know how this happens every time. Well, we just love you. We so enjoy our time with you. 
friends, if you um, just want to engage in this relationship with Jesus Christ, if you want to experience victory, take that first small step that is the life-changing step that leads to all other steps. It's as easy as A, B, C, that you admit that you are a sinner, that you B, believe that Jesus Christ is God's son, that he died on that cross and rose again on the third day to offer us the free gift of salvation, and C, confess your faith in Jesus Christ. Engage and begin that relationship with him. Friends, if you want to uh, chat with us, send us an email at let's talk at lovetalknetwork.com. You can find us on Instagram at lovetalk, all one word, Love Talk Network, Love Talk Radio, also on our podcast, Love Talk, all one word, Love Talk Radio, and uh, also on on Facebook as well. We just love you. We look forward to being with you again next week, Saturday at 10 a.m., Sunday at 8 p.m., here on The Bridge Austin and on our Love Talk Network podcast. Friends, have a beautiful week. God bless you, and we'll talk with you again next week.